Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Let's find out exactly what the scriptures say about the Holy Spirit. So far this year, we started off week number one in this series, we talked about salvation. Why? Because you cannot afford to have an opinion about salvation that is different than what the Word of God says. That sounds very, oh, you tell me I don't have an opinion. No, you can have whatever opinions you want. But understand this, if you find yourself with a belief system that is contrary to what the Word says, you can find yourself in a place that God never designed for you to be. So it's extremely important. So you gotta go listen to that message, you cannot go through it today. Last week we talked about our purpose, okay? Can't go into a big review is this. Our purpose as a Christian is to fulfill God's desires, not ours. That always goes over real big. But you'll find out in life that it's the truth. God has a plan, he wants it to come to pass. Your purpose is to fit into his plan, not to take God and try to put him in your plan. Okay, good, I think we better start off with a uh, different, let's say this together, I love my pastor. And let's all say it together. I love my pastor because he tells me the truth, whether it feels good or not. Okay, thank you. All right, so today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I want to start off in very basic, basic scriptures. In John chapter 14, Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit. Now watch this now. Please give me your attention because you've got to get this fact because this is going to determine whether you receive this as important or as you let it just go... Chapter 14 of the Gospel of John, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17, all take place at the Last Supper. Do you think it's important when someone's going to share with you the night before he knows he's going to the cross, he's going to endure death, he's going to have to suffer in hell and eventually get resurrected from the dead? Do you think a person's last words on basically what could be their deathbed, do you think they're important? Yeah, and what do we see when you study those chapters? John chapter 14, 15, 16, we see this. Jesus talks predominantly about two major issues. Number one, love. Number two, the Holy Spirit. Everything that we know about the Holy Spirit that came from the lips of Jesus took place at that dinner that night. And listen to the way that Jesus introduces the third person of the Trinity. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Wait a second, Jesus. We, we don't know anything about this Holy Spirit. How, what, what are you saying For we know him. How do we know him? When has he lived with us? And I can picture Jesus, because my picture of Jesus is Jesus is very demonstrative, very creative in his way of expressing his ideas and his thoughts. And I I can't help but I picture Jesus at the Last Supper going like this to the guys. You know him, because he's been living with you, but now he's going to be in you. You see the difference? There's a big difference between something, someone being with you and someone, and he's saying, this, this person is gonna be in you. And he goes on to say, forever. The spirit of truth, that's who he introduces him. He introduces him as an advocate. That word advocate is a legal term. 
It's, it's what we would call today a lawyer. A lawyer is an advocate. An advocate is an individual that comes along your side to promote your interests. An advocate is someone who comes to your side to help you through a difficult situation. An advocate is the one who Jesus has assigned to your life that he lives in you, knows everything about your life, knows everything in your past, knows everything about your future, and is with you to help you navigate through the challenges of life. How many would say, thank God that the Holy Spirit's with us? Important. Important. Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. If you were raised in a denomination that they referred to the Holy Spirit as it, I am sorry. I apologize. Get rid of that idea. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus described him as an individual. We're told that the Holy Spirit can be lied to. We're told that the Holy Spirit can be offended. We're told that the Holy Spirit can be, can be blasphemed against. He has all the qualities. He speaks. He has feelings. He has emotions. He's not an it. He is not a wind. He is not electricity. He is not a dove. He moves like that, he acts like that, he conducts himself that way, but he is a person. Jesus is the physical manifestation of God in heaven. God the Father is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is God the Father's spirit living in us. And once you receive Christ, when I say receive Christ, once you prayed, and I, and I, and I I'm not gonna assume that everybody's done this, but you'll have an opportunity sometime today to do this. Once an individual says, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe he's the son of God, I believe he died on the cross, I believe he rose again from the dead. Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my savior, I declare my faith in you. The Holy Spirit immediately comes to live in that individual. That is unique to the New Testament. It was not always that way. It wasn't always that way, that's why. My goal is to raise awareness, my goal is to raise our level of reverence for this person, the Holy Spirit. See, we talk a lot about God the Father. We, we are told, we are taught to address all our prayers to him, and we should, that's the way Jesus taught us. We talk a lot about Jesus, and we should. He said that we're supposed to be his witnesses. We're supposed to give evidence that he's alive. But we rarely talk about the Holy Spirit, and yet isn't it, isn't it a shame when you think of it this way? Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter one, chapter two, we have all the, the, the Ephesians explains to us the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And it tells us that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Now, as the head of the church, he's seated where? In heaven. Well, who's running the shop down here? If, if Jesus is the, is the head of the church, and in, in, in heaven right now, there are strategies that are being planned. There are, there are things that are being put in place. There are people that are being aligned and assigned and different things because there is a, there is a plan that must come to pass in the kingdom. That's happening there. But he wants to communicate, who's the church? Is this building a church? Are these walls the church? Is this roof the church? No, who's the church? Come on, let me see your hands. Who's the church? You are the church. Individually and corporately. So if, if the plans and purposes and desires and the strategies of the kingdom of God are being planned in heaven, and they're being worked out, and the details are being worked out, but they're being worked out that they would be carried out are you listening? They're worked out there so that they be carried out here through the church. Now, if you up until this point, I pray that it changes from today on, if you up until this point have not had an active, intimate 
relationship with the Holy Spirit, how in God's name are you gonna carry out the plan for your life? And that's why most Christians wander through this earth completely frustrated because they're not hearing the plans from heaven. And so you could quote Jeremiah 29, 11 all day long. But, oh, I know the plans he has for me. They're for good, not for evil. What good is it if you're not hearing the plans that are coming from heaven? Because he's got one plan for my life, he's got another plan for yours, he's got another plan for yours, another plan for you back there. He's got a corporate plan that we're gonna carry out together. But you can't carry out the corporate plan of God if you don't know the individual plan of God. You'll never fit in, and that's why people go from church to church, they go from phase to phase, they go from one thing, one extreme after the other, and never feel settled and never feel content, why? You're not hearing from heaven. And Jesus taught us, look at how he introduces him. Let's get back in here. He introduces him as your advocate. You imagine having an attorney and having no communication with him. You imagine having this person that's supposed to advocate for you. He's supposed to promote your interests. He's supposed to look out for you, but you never have any contact with him. How's he gonna do his job? How's he gonna carry out? How are you gonna carry out his advice? How are you gonna how are you gonna navigate through these things when you don't have no communication? We need to establish this. Say, say this with me, Father. Father. Come on, and you're not saying it. Say it with me, Father. Father. In, the Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I make myself available, make myself available to, hear to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who lives within me. I'm sorry for not listening to him. I'm sorry for being so cluttered. But from this day forward, I declare by faith I hear his voice. Jesus said, I'm his sheep. He said, the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. I follow the voice of the shepherd. And the voice of the shepherd is communicated to me through the voice of the Holy Spirit. I declare by faith, I am alert to the voice of the Holy Spirit. From this moment forward, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Praise God. So listen, let's understand a few things. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's equal to the Son. He's equal to the Father. Jesus said he and the Father are one. The Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus, like I said, is a physical part of God. God's Spirit is the Holy Spirit in us. Now, I want you to understand something. Again, I want to I raise the level of reverence. I want to raise the level of appreciation that we should have for the Holy Spirit. It wasn't always this way. People say sometimes, even I have caught myself sometimes saying, ah, it would have been really cool to live during the gospel times, you know, when Jesus was on earth. It would be really cool to live during the time of Moses and seeing the Red Sea part. It would be really cool to be living during the time of the kings and, and Israel and see these great battles. You want to know something? No way. <laughs> and here's the one reason why. Those individuals did not possess the Spirit of God living in them. You'll read the, you read the Old Testament, I challenge you to, I pray that you would, and you'll see this phrase continuously in the Old Testament. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon so-and-so. Or the hand of the Lord came upon this king, or that prophet, or this priest. And so, think about Samson's case, okay? Samson's a loser. So, yeah, I know he's in heaven, and I know, he's, you know he turned out to be a great man of God, but think about it, Samson's a loser. Samson, Samson's raised by two enabling parents that won't tell him, shut up, you're wrong, that's not what you're gonna do. So he gets involved with the wrong women constantly. But watch this now. The Spirit of God comes upon Samson, he picks up the jawbone of a donkey and kills a thousand enemies. 
But when the Holy Spirit was done and that task was accomplished, what happened? Holy Spirit lifts off to Samson. He goes back to being stupid again. You listening to me? He goes back to just living out of his own carnal flesh, his own natural inclinations until the Spirit of God comes on him the next time. But now, in the age that we live in now, Jesus died on the cross, suffered, shed his blood, to make the way open, the path clear for the Holy Spirit to come and indwell the believer, not just come upon the believer. And so many Christians are living like it's Old Testament times. Yeah, every once in a while you get the goosebumps, you experience those little Holy Ghost shivers, and you go, oh, 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 it's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. But then when you don't experience that, you think he's left you. You, and you live like you're on your own. He's never left you. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. How do you think he fulfilled that promise when he indeed went to the cross, died, was buried, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven? I, I hate to break this news to you. Jesus is not on the earth today. Do you realize that? Where is he? He's seated in heaven. The Bible tells us at the right hand of the Father. So then, did he lie to us? Did he, when he told us he'd never leave us and never forsake us, was it just a, just a lie? No, he didn't lie. He fulfilled it through the person of the Holy Spirit. He's always with you. Think about this. Think about it. It's not like the Old Testament, where he comes and goes, comes to accomplish a task. You know, the Spirit of God would come upon an individual. That individual would speak on behalf of God, deliver a message to the nation of Israel, and then the Holy Spirit would withdraw, and that person would go back to being a natural person again. Which leads us to this thought, do we then realize as New Testament believers that we are not natural people anymore? And how many times we walk around, yeah, I'm just human. No, 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 oh, oh, you missed the boat here. Jesus was talking one day, having a conversation. And he said this, amongst everyone that's born of women, the greatest was John the Baptist. However, he said now in the kingdom of God, the least is greater than him. What did he do? He, he drew the line between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Under the New Testament, greatest person ever born, John the Baptist. But he said, now, amongst every believer on the earth, the least is greater than John the Baptist. Why? Even John the Baptist did not have the Holy Spirit in him. John the Baptist had the Holy Spirit on him. The Holy Spirit could not, come, could not indwell an individual until after Jesus rose from the dead. Are you listening to this? So you walk around feeling all your lip dragging down to the floor. Life is tough, all this other stuff. Oh, poor me, poor me. You've got the Holy Ghost living inside you. You've got the creator of God, the creation, the creation, the, the, the one who brought creation to pass, the one who brought order to chaos is living on the inside of you. Do you realize that? And you still entertain chaos in your life. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the, be, the earth became Void, chaos, darkness. We don't know what happened. We'll find out someday. I got some ideas, but I don't know for sure. And so this darkness and chaos was over the deep, over the waters, over the earth. And then God spoke, and God said what? Let there be light. And what happened? And said the Holy Spirit was hovering over, hovering over, hovering over. And when God the Father spoke, the Holy Spirit went to work. And out of that chaos brought order. Are you listening to me? That Holy Spirit lives in you if you're a believer. If you've received Christ, if you are born again, if you are a child of God, that same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead and spoke order into chaos lives in you. Are you catching this? 
So then why do we walk around and entertain chaos? Why do we walk around and entertain darkness in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our children, in our businesses, amongst our finances, in our health? We got the Holy Spirit living on the side of us, and Jesus said, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Now watch this, real quick, I gotta give this to you. Practical, practical. See, contrary to popular belief, well, it's not even popular anymore, but contrary to some people's opinions, listen, this is gonna come as a surprise to some of you, the Holy Spirit did not come to the earth to make us weirdos. The Holy Spirit came to this earth and he would raise up a a species of individual that is just like Jesus, 100% man, but have a God side. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, he who believes in me, the things that I do shall he do also. And greater work shall he do because I'm going to the Father. You have a supernatural element in your life. Are you tapping into that? But now, don't make that make you a weirdo. We've seen too many weirdos in the church, and weirdos turn people off. (laughs) The Holy Ghost never made anybody weird in the Bible. The Holy Spirit made people powerful. There is a big difference between power and weirdness. You listening to me? So now watch, now watch, now now listen to me. I gotta do this real quick, I gotta do this real quick. I need you to really pay attention. There is a big difference between the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit as he wills and the things that you and I can believe him for on an everyday basis. This morning in the first service, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, impressed me very strongly that I needed to minister to, what does that mean? I needed to pray for, I needed to take care of some individuals that were in the service that were dealing with a specific, very life-threatening situation. I did not want to do it. I did not want to do it, but I trembled at the thought that if I do not answer this call, if I do not give this call out, if I do not allow people to come and get prayed for, and God forbid, somebody dies because of this, I'll never forgive myself. Now watch this now. I can't make that happen. I wish I could in every service. I wish in every service I could have just things, but if those things, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, are as the Spirit wills. And we can't can't use our faith to make the Holy Spirit make something happen. We can use our faith to make make ourselves available to listen to him. Are you catching this? Perfect example. Jesus goes to a place called the Pool of Bethesda, okay? And it tells us there, in in that place there was a multitude of sick people. But he's only led to minister to one person. Why? Because the Holy Spirit didn't tell him to minister to everybody else. The Holy Spirit told him to minister to that one. Now, I don't know if he went back another time and cleaned the whole pool out. He may have. We don't know that. But, but what does that mean? Even Jesus himself could not go beyond what the Holy Spirit was instructing him to do. Are you catching this? However, when I have a promise pertaining to the Holy Spirit, my faith can bring that to pass. Because the promises of God, listen, you better write this one down, the promises of God are activated by faith. When Jesus gives you a promise about something, you don't have to wait for goosebumps. You don't have to wait for special music. You don't have to wait for anything. You can just claim that promise and see it come to pass. Listen to the way Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, look at this. Look, read this next phrase with me. We'll do what? We'll teach you all things. Read it with me. We'll teach you all things. 
and he will remind you of everything that I've said to you. What is that? That's a promise. Jesus said, I give you this promise that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will teach you things that you don't know about. And we just go, oh, that's nice. No, wait a second. That is a promise that you and I can apply every single day of our lives. Because let me tell you something, okay? You don't know everything. Do you realize that? Turn to the person and say, you don't know everything. I know this is coming as a surprise to some of us. You do not know everything. We are living on a planet that we are living a life that is full of unknowns. Every day you're going to face things that you have no idea how you're going to handle. Every day you're going to be faced with decisions that you've got to make and you have no idea what decision, which direction to go in. What can you do? Father, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit who lives in me would teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me. I don't know what to do here. Don't know what to do here. Always tell this classic story because I can't think of a better example. Many, many, many years ago, came out of church one day. I had this old work van. It's sitting in the parking lot. Church is done. I go to start the car. It won't start. So I do what every guy does that doesn't understand anything. You lift up the hood like you know what you're doing. <laughs> and to me, that was an act of faith right there because you ask my wife, ask my kids, I know nothing about cars, nothing. When we first got married, I was going to act like big Mr. Macho. I go in the garage. I, I come back. I said to my wife, hey, guess what? I just changed the oil. I said to her, why is that oil red? She says to me, you dummy, you took the transmission fluid out. <laughs> that was the last time I ever tried to work in a car. My sons, God bless them, a couple of them really know what they're doing. Me, I stay out of it. So me opening up that hood was a complete act of faith. And I acted like I knew, yeah, just put the hood. And I look in there, and in the inside, I'm going, Holy Ghost, I don't have a clue. You know this engine. This engine is built out of elements from this earth. You know how they interact. You know, I swear to you, I can remember things yesterday. I don't know what to do. How do I get this thing to start? Because I don't want to walk home. And all of a sudden, my attention got drawn over to a wire. And I'm thinking to myself, that shouldn't have been unplugged. So I take the wire. I plug it into the nearest, get in the car. Guess what? The van started. I'm like, hallelujah. This stuff works. But now watch this now. Watch this now. You're going to get faced with young fathers. You're going to get faced with this opportunity. How do I raise kids? I'll never forget the terror that came on me when my wife told me we were pregnant with my first son. Why? I, I, I need somebody to raise me. I don't know how to raise kids. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a father. I, don't, I didn't know how to be a pastor. It's a miracle of God that this church existed after the first couple of months. Why? I had to, I had to train myself to, number one, recognize my deficiencies. Number two, to be willing to bring them to the Holy Spirit. Say, hey, you're the teacher. Teach me. So you see, every day in our lives, you're going to have opportunities on your job. You're going to have opportunities in school. You're going to have opportunities in your relationships to have the Holy Spirit teach you, how do I navigate through this? The Holy Spirit is the most practical individual that you could ever be in relationship with. And then Jesus said, he'll remind you of everything I've said. How many times, you know, I know it's in there. We do one of those things with the Bible. You know, I know it's in there. I know there's a scripture that says something like this. And then, and then what do you do? Holy Spirit, Jesus said, you remind me of everything he said. And all of a sudden, bam, here comes that scripture. What is it? That's the Holy Spirit helping you, coming alongside. Now watch, watch, watch. This is practical stuff. You and I need to live this way. 
He said, now watch this, in John 16, there's five different promises, practical promises. Why is this important? Because I can stand on a promise from God by faith and watch it come to pass. Why? Because he's already promised it to me. It's not something, oh God, if it be your will. He already told you what his will is. He already told you what his will is. His will is this, that the Holy Spirit would be your teacher, that the Holy Spirit would would, would remind you of things that Jesus said. Now we're gonna find out a couple more promises. Watch this. And look at this, John 16, 12. I have much more to say to you, he said to the disciples, but you can't bear it right now. But when he, look at verse 13. When he, look at what he called, what he called the Holy Spirit, a he. He didn't say it. He said he. When he, the spirit of truth comes, look at this, look at this promise. He will guide you into all truth. Do you know how important that is? That was important back then, but you know how much more important it is now? That we are, we are suffocating from a culture of lies. Every time you, turn, you go into any media outlet, you are bombarded with what? Lies. Even in the church. Even in the church. False doctrine. Wrong emphasis. Misquoting scriptures. If you're not careful, you'll believe any kinds of garbage. And what happens? Your life suffers for it. Your family suffers for it. Your marriage suffers for it. Jesus said he will lead you and guide you into what? All truth. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to turn on the television. It may be a Christian station or something like this. And I'll hear the inside. Don't listen to this. Don't listen to this. Good. Change the station. Why? I can't afford to have that junk get deposited in my head. How many of you, how many of you wish there were certain things you never heard? That we wish there were certain things you never saw? Let, let, let me see your hands. Why? Because they're hard to get rid of once they settle. He said the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. You ready? Look at number four. Number four is even more important. So when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. We'll talk about that one. Look at this one. This is really important. He will tell you what is yet to come. Amen. King James says it this way. He will show you things to come. I'll never forget, many, many years ago, I was traveling, commuting from up North Jersey, I was working on a construction job, my family. Traveling down the parkway. Now, when I'm in the car, when I'm on the parkway, when I was back then, when I was by, especially by myself, even now, I'm, I'm, I'm either worshiping, I'm either, or I'm praying in the spirit. You know what praying in the spirit is? Praying in other times. Okay, we're gonna talk about that next week because we need to know real talk about that too. Okay, don't get scared. For you, the, for you just went, uh, at least give me the opportunity to explain some things. Because I don't know where you're at and where you, what you believe with that, okay? So now, watch this now. So I'm praying in the spirit. And as I come down the park, we lived in Seaside Park at that time. I come down the park, I got to get off at exit, what is it, 82 there? On the parkway, right? Okay? As I'm approaching the exit, I hear this as if somebody's sitting behind me. Put your seatbelt on, you're going to be in an accident. As I'm standing here before God. So what do you think I did? I'm not stupid, I put my seatbelt on. I get off the exit, I get onto Route 37. I pass the first light, nothing happens. Pass the second light, nothing happens. Third light, all of a sudden this car just stops like it hit an invisible wall. This car stops right in front of me, bam, I, I hit the back of their car. What happened? Did it alarm me? Did I start, oh, no, no, why? The Holy Ghost showed me. The Holy Spirit, now, now if you think back in your life, most, people's, most people would say after a tragedy, after something, you know, it just hit me out of left field. But if you'd be honest and you sat down with the person, I've done this time and time again, say, just, just calm down now and I'll wait a week or two and say, listen, listen, can you think back now? And they'll all say this every single time. You know, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. 
What is it? The Holy Spirit's trying to tell you. That's practical. That's, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten uh, in the morning, I'll tell my wife after maybe being up praying or just wake up in the morning and say, we gotta call such and such a family because the Lord showed me something. This is coming. This is happening. Why? I'm pastor of the church. He's gotta give me that equipment. Now, I didn't just say that to make me look super spiritual. I'm telling you, you can have the same thing operating in your life. Are you listening to me? He'll show you things to come. Now watch, we have this automatic assumption that because he promised to show us things to come that they're always gonna be good. They're not always good. But he shows you so that we would never be taken by surprise. That we would always know, we would have a confidence. Well, if he showed me, that means he's got an answer for this, yes? You can do this in your everyday life. Please begin to have an expectancy. Last thing, and I gotta move real fast here. It says here he will take what Jesus says and reveal it to you. Now, I made mention of this earlier. If the plans and purposes and strategies of God are in store on heaven, in heaven, and the way he gets them from the kingdom headquarters to here is by the Holy Spirit, then you and I need to have a really, really, really attentive ear to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that we know what part we play in the scheme of things. Listen, church, we gotta go. Time is up. But listen to me, I pray that you take very serious the prayer that we prayed just a few moments ago. That you would begin to have an expectation to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you want to be the one in the church and be oh, they're so super spiritual. No, that you would have the ability to live a practical, successful, fruit-bearing life here now. Not when you get to heaven. You need the power of the Holy Spirit of life now on the earth. In heaven, there's no giants. In heaven, there's no walls. In heaven, there's no enemies. We have giants here on the earth. We have walls that are trying to block us here on the earth. We have enemies here on the earth. Life is unpredictable here. But with the Holy Spirit, he can teach us how to navigate through everything. Amen? Amen. You got that? I hope it blessed you. And I hope you come back next week because next week we're going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.